Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode eight of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of June 8th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services. And I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications at ERS and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Brian, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you today? I'm doing really well. It's a beautiful day outside and the weather's nice. I'm really enjoying the day so far. Yeah, I can't get enough of the sunshine. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audiences about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and staff members. Uh, this week, Kristen, I, I wanted to mention a little bit about our, our gala this uh, coming uh, this fall. It's the Dream a Little Dream Gala, and it's going to be a little different as with everything this year. It's going to be a virtual event and held on. Yeah, virtual. It's going to be held on Friday, October 9th this year, and it's going to be an hour of uh, some great entertainment with some live jazz and some uh, a celebration of just kind of the heroism that we see throughout the organization. So we're, we're looking forward to hosting that. Um, and of course, we really want to thank our sponsors, the Model Group, who's been such a great supporter of our organization of, uh, this year as our uh, major sponsors, and uh, Ridgestone Builders, who has also been a great partner with us over the years as well. So with that said, Kristen, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we've got coming up on today's show? I'd be happy to, Brian. We have three guests with us today. Corky Ladd, a resident of Marjorie Peely. Mm -hmm. Lenny Spies, who's a family member uh, of one of our residents, also at Marjorie Peely. And we've got Laura Lamb, our president and CEO. We're going to check in with Laura and see how things are going this week. Great. Well, we got a great, great show going today. So with that, you want to introduce your first guest? I do. Thank you. So today joining me is Corky Ladd. Corky is a five-year resident at Marjorie P. Lee, but that's not her first contact with Marjorie P. Lee. She's been volunteering there now for 25 years. So Corky's been very engaged and uh, let's get to know Corky a little bit. Welcome, Corky. Thank you for agreeing to join me on our Linkage podcast today. Well, you're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I think, uh, first off, we should start with your very unique first name. Will you tell everyone about that? My mother and dad, uh, many years ago, during the Depression, bought a big farm on the west side of Cincinnati. And they had seven children and I was the last of the seven children. And there was a cartoon in the newspaper called Gasoline Alley, and they had a baby born on the same day I was born. And they named their baby Corky. You can check this out <laughs> in, in the library if you like. Yeah. It's a true story. Okay, so Dad and Mom brought me home from Christ Hospital, and all the other six siblings as you could imagine, are looking as they come in with me in my little basket or whatever. And my dad said, now we have our Corky. Yeah. And dad, unfortunately, died five months later oh, no. of pneumonia. Yes. And so that name just stuck with <laughs> the family. And I'm really only known as Corky. So your given name is <laughs> Helen, but no one knows that. Everybody just knows you as Corky. 
Absolutely, absolutely. The only I, reason I ever use Helen is for legal, you know, purposes. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So mom stayed on the farm with all of us kids, and we lived there till I was 18 years old. Yeah. And uh, that was our livelihood, believe me. Wonderful. Well, Corky, I know that you have lived for five years at Marjorie P. Lee, but that's not your your first relationship with our campus there. You, you've been involved for quite a long time. Why don't, why don't you talk about that and your volunteering there at Marjorie P. Lee? Sure, I'd be happy and honored to. I was a volunteer here for about 20 years before I moved in. And so it was almost like coming home, my moving into Marjorie P. Lee, because I knew so many people, so many of the staff. But um, <clears throat> I was on the auxiliary during those years for a few years. And I think that, that was probably like, I don't know, 10 years. And I worked in the corner store which is a shopping area for residents here. When a manager and I started, we were in a little closet, clear down at the end of the hall. I can't believe and, that. I didn't uh, know that. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was down past the beauty parlor here. And so uh, she fought for a long time trying to get us more space because we were just pushing ourselves out, of, out the door with, you know, products for the residents to buy. So she was finally successful, and we moved into the room that they made for us, which we are still there. And the corner store has a pop machine. We have ice cream. We have uh, snacks. We sell anything that you could buy in a drugstore, like, you know, over-the-counter kinds of things. Lots of depends, that, that sort of need for this age group. We really are busy. <laughs> it's very popular. And if a resident comes in and we don't have something, the manager will get it for that person. Right. That so. is, it's a wonderful resource for our residents to have there. Residents you know, it's do, lots of fun to, to work there. Yeah. So residents do have the opportunity pre-COVID and I hope post-COVID to, to go shopping at Kroger and get in those kind of places and and pick up things that they need. Right now, yeah. I think they're relying on families, but it's nice that that resource of the corner store is yeah. right there on the campus for those little incidents well, that they might need. Yeah, and yes, and, and with the COVID-19 virus, uh, it's a godsend yes. to have that store down there. Yes, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm so thrilled to hear that things there are still humming along. And it's operating under a very good arrangement. Uh, of course, it's closed for now and has been since I think the 15th of May or something. The person goes in, one of the maintenance people goes in and they take orders from 10.30 to 12.30 and then later on in the afternoon they're delivered to the residents. Well, I had not heard that, but I felt assured that there was some kind of innovation happening so that we mm -hmm. would stay on top of what was needed for the residents. So that is, is really good to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about what you're doing during these times. Keep yourself healthy, keep yourself active and engaged. We're not able to exercise on the regular basis that we had before the virus, but we do now, we are able to um, exercise on the computer with a video 
that is up in the event center, and it's, you know, on our home channel here at Marjorie Lee. So that's presented most every day, and they have just recently started having a live, um, our, our one of our wellness persons in their uh, videotaping, and then that is the newest thing is that we can have somebody that's human uh, in, in there doing exercise with us. Yes, yes, because we all need those human contacts. And, and finally, we're getting to the point where it's safe for, for residents like yourself who are very independent and able yes, to go last, about. Last week, yeah, and last week was our first week to be up there. And everything, the the uh, instructor had just everything done perfectly. And, of course, we wore our masks and the chair, you know, distancing apart. And it was just wonderful and lots of fun. Right, yeah. Well, I know you've walked the beautiful gardens there many times, but I'm sure eventually that probably gets a bit old. So it's nice to have some variety. In yes. getting and that's out another and one. Yes. Yes, that's another wonderful thing is that we can be outdoors in the courtyard if the weather is permitting and it's comfortable to be out there. It's wonderful to be out there and we all sit and we can visit. And then uh, one of the things that personally I appreciate is I have, there are four of us who are neighbors here in the apartments. And we started, I don't know, about two, three weeks ago, meeting out in the common area, which is very close to us. And we, the four of us sit there, we distance ourselves, and we visit from 7.30 until 9. And during that time, they bring the wagon around that, you know, serves our uh, continental type breakfast. We just, we all say, now, we couldn't do without this activity. <laughs> because it's wonderful just to be able to sit there you know, for that amount of time and share things about our lives or uh, just, you know, everything and anything. So well, that's what I've always loved about the Victoria building. Every few apartments has outside where there's congregational space, where there's comfortable seating and oh, bookcases yes. and tables and things like that. And everybody's got space where they can congregate and, and be together. And thankfully, we're to the point where that's a, a smart and healthy thing to do again. There's some folks that do puzzles and together and that type of thing. So it's always wonderful to walk through the hallway. Hopefully, it won't mm -hmm. be too long before I can do that again uh, safely. Wonderful. And, and see yes, everyone. So I'm very glad fortunate. that that's happening now. That's, and I think that's why we've been so safe and stayed healthy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because yes. the administrators are really, I can't say enough about that, about taking care of us mm -hmm. and seeing that we are kept safe. Yes. <clears throat> it's important and it's our, it's number, job number one for sure right now, mm -hmm. especially. You got it. Yep. Well, something else that keeps, has kept me going and keeps me occupied is reading. And I know, Corky, that you're also an avid reader. Why don't you tell our listeners what's on your reading list right now? Yes, and I, I think since I'm a retired school teacher, that's, that's just part of the part of being a, a reader. Yes. But um, I'm reading, I, I love mysteries. That's in, like Grisham mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, those kinds of guys who write these wonderful, like, page turner. You can't wait to turn the next page to see what's happening. But one book that I'm reading now, Kristen, that is just wonderful uh, it's King Henry VIII. 
And I do love historical novels. Mm, yeah. And this is actually, uh, it's more a, um, what do I want to say, um, history type. It's, okay. It is not a novel or a story, but it is telling so many interesting things about the 1500s. And for example, right now, where I am in this book, they have a plague Oh. And because of the plague, there the king is trying to put the people at rest because they're protesting. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing how history repeats? Isn't that something? Us. I mean, that's just where I am, and it's about halfway through the book. The book is about, it's heavy. I mean, it's like a six-inch book. Yes. But it's just wonderful, yeah. Well, king Henry and his court. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds I love it. like a fascinating story, and, and to know that it's, it's history, you know, it makes it even more so. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, I know that um, Marjorie Peely has several libraries, but um, I know one of them was moved when we completed the master plan a few years ago to make way for the Meyer Family Rehabilitation Center, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Right. Your family so generously supported during the master plan, the creation of a new therapy center expanded and so much more inviting and beautiful for those that need therapy. You know, no one likes to do therapy, I don't think. Um, but the space that was created there is, is wonderful for, for the, the patients that come there and are, are there to heal. Um, but that did cause us to have to move one of the important libraries out of that space to make way. Um, why don't you tell everyone listening about the new library that's been created? Well, the, the library, of course, we have uh, libraries, actually, you know, uh, on the first floor, there are a few books in different places. And I think on the third floor, <clears throat> the Cincinnati Library, brings books occasionally, I think every month or something like that. But our main library was moved from where the Meyer Rehabilitation Center uh, is now. And uh, I'm very proud of that, Kristen. And uh, my family, uh, my siblings, they're all gone. But it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to have done. Yes. But anyway, uh, the library was moved because of it up to the sixth floor. And I tell you, it is just a wonderful, wonderful place. It's very cozy. They have books that are cataloged, like under mysteries and health or legal or whatever. They have a big library table with paper, pencils, if you wanted to write anything down. And, mm -hmm. of course, there's a place there also to check out books. Mm -hmm. and uh, they have lounge, a couple of lounge chairs and a lamp. It, it's just, it's wonderful. It's just, and it's very quiet, and as I said, it's just a very warm, cozy place to go sit and read a book. <laughs> wow. Another resident recently told me she just had, had been there and that there is an area where it's, you know, more of like a grab table, you know, and so, someone had left a book there, by an author that she had been interested in, but had never read this particular book. And she was just thrilled. And she was like, you know, you just don't expect 
you know, in, in this this day and age when you know you're 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 at home and you're sort of confined to to have that kind of wonderful surprise. And she was just thrilled to find an author there that uh, she was interested in and just and yeah, and it really yeah. enriched her day to have that uh, that little surprise there. So it sounds wonderful. Yeah. I can't wait to see it in person, and hopefully that won't be too long before before that can happen. But. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, well, it's wonderful. Corky, it's been wonderful to talk with you. Is is there anything right. else that you would like to share with, with our listeners? Maybe any other words of wisdom that you have just to help us get through these times? Um, I think this is a very difficult time uh, for everyone, not just residents at Marjorie P. Lee. And I am a spiritual person, and uh, I have hope and um I'm thankful that we're, I'm here. This is the best place I could ever be at this time. And I would also <clears throat> like to mention that for five years, I was the chairman, um, Kristen, for the uh, Christmas Fund. Yes. And the Christmas Fund um, is the fund that um, we give, since we cannot give gifts to this wonderful staff that is right. here, right. the Christmas Fund at the end of the year is where we uh, collect money. I was the chairman for five years. This is my first year off of that committee and because I'm on a number of committees. And uh, David Lowry was the treasurer. I'll tell you, it, this is a thing that comes from my heart because these people here, these staff members are so kind, so wonderful that they deserve everything that we can give them at Christmas time. So they would receive a monetary gift, depending on how long they've been here, etc. cetera. And uh, then we would have a big party at the end of the uh, service that we have. And the, party. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They bring their children, and uh, it's fantastic. And I loved doing it. <clears throat> So I just wanted to mention that because that was one of the happy things that I did for five years, <laughs> among others, of course. Right. Well, thank you for serving in that way. I know that uh, that's the beautiful thing about Marjorie P. Lee is when you're there, it there's is. plenty of ways to get in, involved and get engaged. And, and that one is so appreciated. I know very, very the important there. And that's one yes. of those mutual love societies where you love them and they love you back and it's hard to find and, that type of thing anywhere else. It really is. Right. And believe me, they're working twice as hard, you know, because of the, the uh, virus. Well, we were just uh, listening uh, last week to Laura Lamb talk about how every single job in our organization, all 700 jobs have changed. No one's job has remained the same. And, we're all challenged, but you know what? Yeah, it it right. feels good. This team is rising to that challenge, and, and we're mm -hmm. doing it together, and we're going to keep on. And I'm glad exactly. you're hopeful, because I am too. And, and uh, Corky, thank you so much for our conversation today. <laughs> thank you so much. Wow, Kristen, that was a great interview with Corky. It's so uh, interesting to hear from somebody that's had such a big impact.
impact on the ERS organization, both as a donor and just somebody that's given their time over the years, both before they were a resident and now that they are a resident? Brian, that's so true. I love staying connected with our residents and I learn something from them. Every interaction that I have, uh, there was many things I learned from Corky today, including the fact that the corner store used to be in a closet. So that was, that was <laughs> a new one for me. I didn't know. <laughs> Next up, Brian, I, we're going to check in again with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. So Laura's got some really exciting news to share this week. Let's listen to Laura. Well, we're back uh, with our weekly session with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura? Great. How about you, Brian? Doing really well, really well. Glad uh, for summertime and spending time outdoors, back on the patio and doing a lot of yard work. Great, great. So we've had a really exciting week with some news here. Uh, ERS won the top workplace from the Enquirer for the 11th straight year, Laura. Yes, Brian, I was hoping you'd ask me about that. Um, we are so excited. You know, the Enquirer Media has um, had this program 11 years and um, 11 years running. We have received this, what we believe is a very prestigious award. Um, we, we really value this because this is a bottom-up approach. This is not you know, something that we're involved in. It's um, an outside organization polls our staff and, and gets their feedback and they make the determination. And so what it says to us is that our staff are um, appreciated, engaged, and, and really enjoy the work environment that they have helped us create over the years. Yeah, it's certainly an honor for 11 straight years to get that feedback. And even this year, I, I don't think many people realize that uh, the surveys went out right as the pandemic was kicking in at the beginning of March. I remember that, Brian. Um, I remember you and I kind of our hearts like sinking, like, oh, yeah. no, what's going to happen? And again, I just give all the credit to our team, our, our, our um, staff members from across our, our organization, you know, believe so much in the work that they do and, and the work environment that they call their own, that they wanted to make sure that their voices were heard, despite the fact that they were knee deep in, um, you know, changing protocols and caring yeah. for people in a difficult time. So I, I don't know about you, Brian, but isn't this one um, super sweet? It <laughs> because yeah, of it, that? it really is. They had a lot on their shoulders and for they them did. to take, take the time did. to do that was, was, it feels really special. Yeah, it does to me as well. Well, the, the other topic I wanted to bring up, um, I, I know the world is opening up. Um, it's, it's opening up a little differently in the states of Ohio and Kentucky for our CCRCs. And um, you and I have been working on um, kind of a new project, uh, I think realizing that as that happens, we needed to share information maybe a little bit differently. So can you tell our listeners about that? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to start with a thank you to you and your team because, you know, we, we frankly found ourselves in a situation where we have really tried to uphold um, transparency. So we've been posting our letters that I'm sending, you know, uh, once or twice a week mm -hmm. to our residents and our families out on our website. And we have, as you, as you well know, yeah. um, huge um, 
numbers of families that, that review that or take the information in that way and refer to it. Well, we frankly got ourselves into a little pickle because um, that information sometimes is specific to a level of care or mm -hmm. in the example that you gave a state. And so what we've decided with your help and support is that because the reopening plan is so different on a state level, for example, um, in the state of Ohio, effective June 8th, we are allowed to have outdoor visits for residential care. Um, mm -hmm. So it's our independent living, our assisted living, but mm -hmm. only in the state of Ohio. So that's an example of level of care and state confusion potential, right? Right. And so no, no, um, no one intended it to be this way, but, you know, family members saw that on the website and said, well, well, it's on the website. It applies to me. So we had an aha and you and your amazing team have figured out a way to separate the information. So moving forward, uh, probably by the end of the week, we'll go live with um, the ERS webpage. We'll have more of the inclusive, you know, what's going on in a number of our areas. And then as an example, the ECH webpage, which is our retirement community in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh -huh. uh, that has different um, opening schedules. That'll be specific to that geographic area. And I think it'll be a real positive for our families to be able to reference something and know that this is specific to, you know, their loved ones in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I think we've found a good solution to be able to access that content for those in, in Louisville, but also be able to re refer back to, you know, what's going on from a, the entire organization on the ERS site. So, and, and to go back and to go back vice versa. So, yeah. No, I think it's going to be a win-win. I really do. Yeah. I appreciate that, Brian. You and your team did did some heavy lifting in a short amount of time. So thank you. Thanks. No, no, we're happy to happy to do that for our residents and family members. I, I think the other thing uh, I just wanted to touch base on uh, this week was, uh, you know, you and I talked about um, the topics of race relations and uh, the tensions and uh, the protesting last week, and I thought. You know, this week there was some really great follow-up with some staff meetings in addressing this topic. And I wondered if you could kind of share what we've been sharing with as a leadership team with our staff uh, this week and, and our plans going forward. Oh, Brian, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think it's nice to have follow-up on things that we talked about last week. So when I left um, you all last week, we talked about uh, a letter that that I wrote to the staff and shared it broadly. And mm -hmm. I guess I should first tell you that overwhelmingly the response was so positive and affirming. And the nugget that I took away from those responses that I received was that it, more than anything, you know, people don't expect me or the organization to have all the answers. Right. But more than an anything, they appreciated the organization speaking out, making a stance, and really making sure that we're acknowledging that we're hurting, right? Our residents are hurting, our staff are hurting, our communities are hurting, our country is hurting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that feedback from our, our staff, the servant leadership team decided that, you know, we 
you can't stop with a letter, you know, right. yep. There's so much work to be done. And that's, that was the gist of the letter, wasn't it? It was about yeah. what we can do. And it's what we talked about last week on the podcast. So I'm, I'm so proud of the servant leadership team. Um, all six of us decided that we had to continue this work, this dialogue, um, this uh, emotional difficult conversation um, within our organization. So we started that this week uh, in our regularly scheduled Zoom meetings. And we had one yesterday. We're going to have one, another one this afternoon. And we'll probably get in both of those probably, you know, 150 staff members if, if the normal numbers um, apply. And of course, it's recorded. So we have a lot of people that consume it after the fact. Yep. But really what we said as an SLT is... Um, we can do better. Yeah. And that was the sentiment is that all of us, you know, I can do better, Brian, you can do better. Right. Um, as an organization, we can do better. As a community, um, Cincinnati, Louisville, Lexington, Cambridge, Ohio, we can all do better. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the theme that has emerged and what we shared with the staff. And so at the staff meetings, it's a, it's a mixture of prayer honoring those lives that have been taken in senseless violence that we're seeing play out, you know, the most recent uh, ones, and then collectively, it's reflection, it's prayer, it's song, and it's, and it's action-oriented. Right. And so part of the message is that this isn't it either. So it's not an email and a one-time meeting, but what can we do to encourage and educate and inspire people individually and collectively to use this very dark time as a way to make sure that our country does move forward. So Brian, you were there. It was um, a lot of tears. Yeah. Uh, a lot of thank yous for again, continuing what everyone acknowledges as a difficult dialogue, but you know, that's where we have to start. Yeah, I can appreciate that. You know, as a, a marketing person, we can put out statements and sentiments, but I think this follow-up is what creates meaning and drives change. And to have that discussion, um, I think, is seems to be so valued by our our staff, from what I could see. And, and they were, to your point, very touched by by the discussion. So that was that was special. Well, I'm just so grateful for the transparency of all our staff, their willingness to be authentic and honest about how they're feeling. I have such appreciation and gratitude for our servant leadership team that, you know, it's uncomfortable for all of us, but, you know, we've got to lean into that discomfort. We have to make sure that as leaders, we're modeling the conversation and the facilitation skills to make sure that all the voices are heard and that we're really living to our value of inclusion. And that that is really um, important to the servant leadership team. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that leadership, Laura. And thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you so much again for joining us this week. It's always, always an honor and fun to talk to you. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate your time. All right. Talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. That update from Laura was particularly good to hear today. Um, always lots going on, but getting the news that we were named a top workplace in Cincinnati again for the 11th year, the 11th year straight was certainly sweet to hear.
really uh, an impressive feat and just, you know, it's an honor. You know, we're recognized by our staff uh, year in, year out. So always great to catch up with Laura. So with that, we're going to go into our uh, next segment, which is an interview with Lenny Spies. Lenny is a daughter of one of our residents at Marjorie P. Lee. And what makes this interview so special to me is that Lenny and I were actually friends way back in high school. We ran around in the same group of folks. So we've known each other a long time. And so it was a real honor to be able to talk to her and about her mother. And um, so I think we have a really good interview coming up. Let's hear from Lenny. So I'm here this week with actually an old friend of mine from high school at Walnut Hills. Her name is uh, Lenny Spies. And Lenny's mother lives at Marjorie P. Lee. Welcome, Lenny. I'm so glad to, to have you on our podcast. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. We were talking before the interview and, and you had you know, mentioned to us that your mom just moved in right before the pandemic kind of ramped up. You know, I wanted to check in, see how you're doing, but how, how's your mother doing you know, in light of kind of moving in and having to get kind of adjusted quickly at Marjorie? I'm doing well. Mom is doing well. It's, um, it's kind of a funny timing and experience for us. You know, on one hand, I feel very lucky that we were able to move her in when we did, um, because I can't, I really can't imagine what it would be like to have her still alone in her condo with no real assistance and the pandemic happening. I, I now feel that she's safe and and healthy and taken care of. And I know that she's safe, um, Mm -hmm. where if she were still home, I would be worried about going to see her about potentially exposing her to something, but she would have no other way to get things that she needs. And so I feel very lucky uh, that we got in when we did. The downside of it is that I feel that she's unfortunately not had the positive experience of normal daily life at Marjorie P yet. Um, because of what's going on in, in society right now with the pandemic, I feel obviously there are restrictions. And so she, she hasn't gotten to see what it would be like outside of this. But I'm hoping that that's coming in the near future. And, and then she'll get to understand really how many resources and opportunities she has at her fingertips. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I, I know you've been in touch with the staff pretty often. And what's your mom been doing to stay active and engaged? Of course, there are restrictions, um, but slowly things are changing and there are more and more activities than there were, you know, several weeks ago. And the thing is that when she was home alone, she wasn't able to drive. And so she was very dependent upon us who have full-time jobs and all these other things going on to be active. She also wasn't really the kind of person to initiate a lot of things on her own anyway. So Now she has people around her all the time who are coaxing her to participate in various activities and and to get out and do them, and and she's doing them. So Mm -hmm. even though it's not the full-on experience that I know she'll eventually have at Marjorie P., um, Mm -hmm. she's doing more now than she was when she was home. She goes out for walks, you know, with people from her floor and Mm-hmm. Uh, and the floor manager, and she's. I actually got the opportunity to see her today for the first time in a while. Awesome. Um, it was really wonderful. And she was bragging about how often she walks all over the gardens. So that's great. And I, shocker to me, but I heard that she was drumming recently. Yeah. 
Um, part, probably part of our uh, music therapy program. Yes. And then somebody brought a cat in, a black cat, and I was sent some pictures of mom holding and cuddling with this cat. And she had her own cat previously that's now at my house, but it's a nice opportunity for her too. And she really enjoyed it. So I know there's more than that, but there, you know, she's definitely participating and keeping at least somewhat busy. Um, she's made friends and I know some of their names. So oh. it's, it's neat to hear about that. And then the other really fun thing is that before when my mom was working years ago, she was a career bartender. Mm -hmm. And when she moved in, I, I alerted the staff. And I said, I don't know if you would ever have like a mock happy hour or anything, or if you ever find the opportunity to let her help. Um, you know, she really enjoys coming from the service industry. She she feels, you know, the sense of fulfillment and, and supporting other people when she can help out. So I've heard here and there that they're engaging her and kind of helping and wherever they can. So that really aligns with our person-centered care philosophy and in, in which we really try and tap into each individual's sense of purpose or, you know, what maybe what their vocation or what draws them. So it sounds like they're, they're really tapping into that and giving your mom some opportunities to, to really help, um, which yep. sounds like she loves to do. Very much. You've always been such a positive person. And obviously this is a, a challenging situation for many of us who are, you know, kind of isolated and maybe not doing all the things that we love to do and want to do. But what are you drawing on to, to staying positive? And are, are there any lessons maybe you've pulled from your mom or any of your other family members to kind of get you through this situation? Yes, it's difficult. Life is different right now for all of us. I think part of it is just that. It's not just me. It's yeah. happening for all of us. We're all in the same boat. And so we all understand and we can talk to each other and listen to each other and hear what other people's methods for coping are. For myself, I tend to try to, you know, we all tend to look right in front of our noses, if you will, or what's right in front of you and bothering you. Okay, well, I feel stuck in my house or I can't make plans with my friends or whatever it might be. Right. But I feel like in order to understand things better, I like to try to step back to what I call like the 100,000 foot view and see mm -hmm. if I can gain some better perspective on, a, on the big picture of things. And I do feel like in the big picture, um, I'm a pretty lucky person. You know, I have yeah. a wonderful husband and, and 13 year old daughter and I love my house and I have a good job. And so does he, my mother is, healthy and engaged and, you know, thriving. Uh, so, you know, okay, yes, I, I can whine a little bit about not being able to make some plans or go out to dinner or whatever it might be, maybe planning a vacation. But in the big scheme of things, I think I'm a pretty lucky person and things are going well for me. And the other thing to remember is that this should be temporary. Yeah, um, We don't know how long it will go on, but it's certainly not been this way all of our lives. So the hope is that it, it goes back to some sense of normalcy soon and, and then we can have things to look forward to again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier, which kind of leads to my next question about going out to dinner and vacations and things like that. What, what are you looking forward to as the world begins to open up and, and, or maybe something you hope to do with your mom? Things that I look forward to for her are 
getting a sense of what Marjorie P. like is really like outside mm-hmm. of COVID-19 um, on the daily and, and all of the resources that she has available to her there, mm-hmm. but also helping her understand that she can go out. It's not prison. We can go out to dinner and we can do things. So I look forward to all of that for her so that she can have things to look forward to as well, even if she doesn't remember them and I surprise (laughs) surprise her with them again. Um, Right. But definitely, you know, just a little more freedom and opportunity to get out and see people that she cares for and loves. And then for myself, it's, I am a planner. Um, I am a project manager by trade and I, I love to have things to look forward to and so I love to travel internationally, especially um, we try to get out of the country at least once a year. Wow. Can't plan anything like that right now. No, um, no. But I look forward to being able to someday again. And I'm a music lover and I, I like in the summertime to go to as many concerts as I can. And oh, yeah. there's none of that right now, but no. we'll oh, get God. there. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all looking forward to a lot of things. I know I, I miss seeing a lot of old friends that uh, I typically stay in touch with uh, myself and uh, exactly. But as you mentioned earlier, a temporary, we don't know how long, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Right. Exactly. And there are ways around, um, you know, I still have had video calls with mom. Yep. Yep. And with friends and, you know, or some distanced visits like today with mom or with friends. So as long as we're all careful and respectful of, you know, each other's health and boundaries, then, you know, we can still interact. It's not exactly the same, but we can yeah. still interact and be there for each other. So yeah, well, you've got such a positive outlook. And Lenny, thank you so much for joining us uh, on our podcast. And hopefully at some point soon, we'll bump into each other at Marjorie Peely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for the opportunity to be here, Brian. I appreciate it. I think we can always relate to others who are going through uh, trying to make sure that their parents are living the best possible life that they can. And it was, it was really heartwarming to hear from Lenny today. Just such a positive person. And to know that we can care for her mother and be a help for families is always uh, very satisfying. So it was great to catch up with her. Well, it was a great episode, Kristen. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have a lot of great content, including our Linkage online blog, uh, resources where people can learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube to see what's going on with NERS and all of our communities and at our services. If you have any questions or feedback, we love hearing from our listeners. Please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer. Our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including uh, Corky Ladd and Lenny Spies, and of course, uh, always joined by our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Uh, On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to our podcast again next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Oh, you're welcome, Brian. Another great show. We'll talk again soon.